So let's talk about uh, let's talk about matters of the mind. And in order to do so, uh, I want to share with you some uh, snippets of truth from Genesis chapter one. But you don't have to turn there because we're not actually going to stay there for too long. So let me just share this with you. It's part of the creation account with which you're familiar. But I want to highlight it for a reason, which you'll see. This is what it says. A God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning one day. Then it says later on, there was evening and there was morning a second day. Then it says there was evening and there was morning a third day. Then it says there was evening and there was morning a fourth day. Uh, Then it says there was evening and there was morning a fifth day. And then it says God saw all that he had made and behold, it was very good. And it says, there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. So you see this repeated formula right at the outset in the creation narrative in Genesis chapter 1. There was evening and there was morning one day, a second day, a third, and so on. So right at the outset, God established as part of the natural course of events in a normal day, a natural day of 24 hours, he established a rhythm of life. He established a cycle and he showed us that the day is divided into two principal parts characterized by light. That's called day and by a darkness that's called night. And these two principal parts of the day, which God ordained, it's his idea. So it has a sacred quality to it. Uh, They have uh, unique functions. As a general rule, we are to be more active during the part of the day called day. And as a general rule, we are to become less active during that part of the day called night. Most of work is to be done in the day and most of non-work is to be done at night. This is the rhythm of life which a good and beneficent God has provided for us so that we would be sustained. So make no mistake about it. This is not arbitrary. This is as sacred as anything you could possibly think of with regard to various aspects of your life. The sleep and wake cycle and rhythm of life. This is God's doing. This is his idea. In fact, we now know uh, through scientific study that it is the very light of the day and the darkness of the night that actually signal our bodies Uh, to secrete certain hormones uh, that make us sleep at night as a general rule and stay awake by day as a general rule. All of that is God's doing. So I don't want us to make too rigid a departure uh, between the sacred and the profane. Even the sleep cycles have a character of a sacred nature because it's God's idea. And scientists simply verify that these hormones, which we know God built into the system, tell our bodies when to get up and when to go to sleep. In fact, as I've been studying this topic, the mind at rest and sleeping, uh, I've looked uh, to the subject in the Bible and was amazed to see how much it has to say about uh, sleep. For instance, now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram. 
Then Jacob awoke from his sleep. By day the heat consumed me and frost by night, and my sleep fled from my eyes. Another writer says, uh, for they were all asleep because a sound sleep from the Lord had fallen on them. Uh, the word, it's the same one, is repeated uh, so many times in Old and New Testament. And, and did you know, of course you do, even the Lord Jesus, though fully God and fully man, even the Lord Jesus slept, didn't he? And when we know about this, and you probably are thinking of a very famous account of the Lord sleeping. It was in a boat. It was on the Sea of Kinneret or the Sea of Galilee. And there was a storm at the time. And, and he was restfully, calmly, he was composed. He was sleeping, much to the dismay of the others in the boat at the time, as, as you recall. So even the Lord Jesus engaged in this activity. It's a sacred activity, you know, and we do it a lot. Did you realize this? We spend about eight hours a day on average doing it, sleeping, which means 56 hours a week or 240 hours a month or 2,920 hours a year sleeping. And some of you are uh, contributing to the total right now. (laughs) So so this amounts to approximately one-third of a normal person's life. In other words... Uh, you and I sleep for about 122 days every single year. Uh, so a 75-year-old uh, person, for instance, uh, would have slept for approximately 25 years of their entire span on earth. Which begs the question, isn't this a waste of time? You, <laughs> you could be like doing productive things. <laughs> you are sleeping away. Uh, on average, one-third of your life. What a waste. No, not, not a waste at all. It has to be necessary. It has to be purposeful or this very, very wise, orderly, systematic, creative, magnificent, compassionate God would not have ordained the wake and sleep cycles. So then what is the purpose of sleep? Well, I, you know, there are a lot of technical, uh, scientific Fairly complicated purposes, some of which we'll speak about. But I was just thinking about this the the other day. It's not so complicated. Um, I, I think one of the reasons why God created us uh, with a need for uh, sleep is that it, it gives us an opportunity to remember that God could take care of his universe even while we do this, even while we sleep. You know, we don't have to be on guard 24 hours a day. Did you know that? Somehow, somehow the planets stay in their place and, and there's atmosphere and orbits and evolutions and revolutions and of the, and all this. Somehow God takes care of things. He who neither slumbers nor sleeps when we are. And so I wonder if he created us with a need for sleep uh, so as to remind us uh, not to be so proud and arrogant as to think <sighs> we're that essential <laughs> for the s- sustenance and running of God's universe. He didn't only create it, he sustains it, even while we're sleeping. And I wonder if he created us with a need for sleep, because if he didn't, if we didn't just get naturally tired, I wonder if we would keep going. I wonder if because of our rather inflated sense of importance, we would never rest. I wonder if we would just work 
ourselves into an early grave. I wonder if we would just burn out, out of human pride, out of this insatiable appetite to justify our existence in the doing of stuff. So I wonder if God said, you would be like that, so I made you tired. (laughs) So that when you get tired, you need rest. So you go to sleep so that you remember uh, the purpose of your life is not to is not to produce it's to know me and to enjoy me and it's to run for sure on the energy of that relationship but but i wonder if god is saying i know you i love you i saved you you're mine but I don't really need you to get done all the things I need to get done. Go to sleep already. I wonder if Abba Father is saying something like that. So for one thing, sleep helps to curb the tendency to have an inflated sense of importance, I think. Uh, So this is one good purpose, uh, I think, a subtle one behind our uh, need to sleep, and there's more. You know, uh, it seems like you're doing nothing when you're sleeping, but that's actually not true. See, when you're sleeping, your brain uh, is not doing nothing at all. In fact, your brain remains quite active even while your body is at rest. In fact, if your brain is not active, um, you have passed away. So... So someone should tell you that. See, see, you can attach electrodes to your scalp and you can get a reading on something called an electroencephalograph, an EEG. Many here have had that. And you could see brain act. It's called brain waves. You can see brain waves. You're fast asleep, but you can see brain waves on an EEG. So we know there's a lot. You're not doing nothing when you're sleeping. A lot is taking place. In fact, you know, when you sleep, it's you go through phases and stages. It's just a marvelous thing. One phase of it, they call it REM or rapid eye movement sleep. It's like, you know, you see a little baby, their eyes are moving rapidly. That's when you dream a lot. Then you have NREM, non-rapid eye movement sleep. But but it's not just that. You have about four or five or six different phases and cycles of sleep. And they may go a phase one, two, three, but then repeat themselves. And during some of these phases, the EEG can reveal uh, that your brainwave activity is uh, exactly the way it is in a waking state. So the body is at rest, but this marvelous thing which God has entrusted to us, our brain, this organ, which we have to care for, you see, just like we would a heart or organ or anything else, it's very, very active even when you sleep. So when you're sleeping, this might remove some guilt uh, about the fact that we spend so much time sleeping. When you're sleeping, you're not doing nothing at all. You're doing quite a lot. In fact, when you sleep, you're participating in a God-ordained activity uh, so that if you do not participate in it enough, you won't be able to function as well when you are not sleeping, when you are awake. And uh, sadly, it appears that the trend is for us to be doing this very thing, sleeping less 
and being more active and busier working more. In fact, the National Sleep Foundation uh, has reported that over the past 100 years, Americans have steadily decreased the amount of sleep we are getting. And folks, it is hurting us. Do you know just a few nights, just a few nights without sufficient sleep can make a normal person's body look like and function like the body of a diabetic because it appears due to insufficient or interrupted sleep, the blood sugar regulating mechanisms that God built into the system and which are apparently repaired or maintained during sleep hours, it appears that they don't get the rest they need. And so your system functions just as if you have diabetes. Other health problems associated with insufficient or poor quality of sleep are high blood pressure, obesity, depression, irregular hormone production, a weakened immune system, memory lapses, chronic irritability, and decreased concentration. Car accidents are frequently attributed to driver sleeplessness, and over 100,000 automobile crashes every single year are attributed to sleepy people at the wheel. So then, sleep is a good thing. It's a God or it's a necessary thing. It gives your body a chance to rest and to rebuild and to recoup and sleep also. It doesn't only help your body, it gives your mind, your precious mind, a chance to do something. And this is what sleep gives your chance, your mind a chance to do. It gives it a chance to process through the events of the day. It gives your mind a chance to think through the day you have just lived and exposed it to. When you sleep, the studies are indicating it looks like the mind is actually sorting out your experiences when you were awake. It need not be more mystical and magical than that. Your mind is continuing your experience when you were awake but it's doing it in such fashion that you don't get overwhelmed and disoriented with all of the data you have taken in in the course of a day. It appears that when you're sleeping, your mind is determining what really needs to be remembered and what could be forgotten. If you get sufficient sleep, it facilitates short and long-term memory. It's this marvelous divine computer which is making sense of your otherwise confusing, disorienting life experience. So your sleep time is a time in which your, your mind is actually making sense out of your life. And so some sleep researchers have actually concluded that for every two hours we spend awake, your brain needs one hour to sort it out, to sleep, to make sense of it. So the sleep time is very, very important. So are you having trouble sorting things out? Are you having trouble remembering? Are you having trouble making sense out of your day? Do you find yourself uh, forgetting things more often? Is it taking you longer to learn new skills than previously? You may simply 
not be getting enough sleep. So if it's this important, what can we do to increase the probability uh, of getting better, higher quality sleep? Let me just make a few suggestions of a very practical kind to you. And um, I don't think this will happen, but just in case, uh, somebody might say, I didn't come to church on Wednesday night for this. I, 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 I want truth. Well, uh, you, you're right to have that, that expectation, but I think you're getting truth, and I just hope you're not making, as I alluded to earlier, too sharp a distinction between what is sacred and what is profane. Everything that God has made, every function that God has ordained for us to perform has a sacred quality when surrendered to him uh, 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 as a sacrifice. Your eating has a sacred quality. Your sleeping has a sacred, sacred quality. It, it, the purpose is not just to feel good. No, feeling good is a means to the end of glorifying God. I got to tell you, a sleepless Christian who becomes, through no fault of their own, moody and irritable, prone to illness, colds and flus and all the rest, is simply not going to be as effective uh, for the cause of Christ. So please don't be um, so super spiritual <laughs> that you think if I can't attach a chapter and verse to everything, it ought not be discussed. Good night. Uh, 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 the, the God who is behind redemption is the same God who is behind creation. And we ought to study it to find out how it works. He created this thing which most of us are not taking very good care of. This is a very sacred thing. So let me make a couple suggestions about how um, to increase, there's no guarantee, how to increase the probability of a better night's sleep. Here's one. Reduce information overload. Reduce information overload. See, today uh, we are exposed to more information than ever before, uh, but we're not so good at managing it. We get so much electronically, you know, internet, cyberspace, all the rest. Uh, but then print materials, books and magazines and television shows and letters and all the rest. We're, we're connected to the world's libraries uh, on the World Wide Web. This is a wonderful thing, but we've got to learn how to better manage it. Could I tell you something? We're not taking very good care of this organ if we indiscriminately just expose it to everything just because someone wants us. Could I be, I try to be tactful. If I read everything you, my well-intentioned brothers and sisters in Christ, wanted me to, I'd never get any sleep. There are just some times that I'm, I, I, I'm so grateful when, when, you, when you want me to read something because it's good, it's really, really good. But, but we have to trust each other to set bounds and say no. We can't, we can't keep up with everything. I'm fast uh, coming to be more comfortable uh, saying, no, I didn't read that book. <laughs> no, I didn't see that movie. Uh, no, I don't know about that website. <laughs> no, I, I'm not going to that conference. N n no, I... But I sleep pretty good. <laughs> so, so be careful of information overload. My heavens, your, your, your brain, it's just like a racing heart. It's just like a slow... Take it easy, take it easy. You're, you're a steward of this. 
And it's not just to extend your life as an end in itself. It's to function more as a, as a, 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 a uh, more effectively as a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, so you're in charge here of how much you take in. Say no, set bounds, manage information overload. You see, too much information causes stress. And every researcher will tell you a primary reason for interrupted sleep patterns is chronic stress. Why don't you and I feel the permission not to be so aware (laughs) of everything that's going on? Try it. I'm telling you, it's so much fun to be able to say, I have no idea what you're talking about. It's really okay. You don't lose your salvation over it or anything like that. You don't have to be in touch with everything. You don't have to have 9,000, what's the expression? Pokers in the fire. The simpler lifestyle will increase during the day, will increase the probability that you'll be able to get to sleep at night. Here's the second thing. Uh, Try doing one thing at a time. This mind can do so much more than a computer can do. For instance, this mind can imagine. A computer can't do that. But a computer can do one thing better than this mind can. Multitask. It doesn't mean that this mind cannot multitask. But I don't think, as a general rule, God wants it to. Why? It taxes it enormously. You can get away with it, but the cumulative effect of it after a while is that you're going to um, impair your healthfulness and the restfulness of your sleep. You know, could I just advance a very radical idea? I realize this is terribly radical. I'm reluctant even to share it, but let me do it. How about this? Why don't you try, when you're driving, why don't you try... Just driving. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I apologize. I should never. It's crazy, isn't it? It's just, where did that come from? Come on, folks. <clears throat> look, look, look. We are more um, active than at any time in human history, but I'm not sure we're, we're more productive. <sighs> I wonder if less is more. Look, look, look. In the old days, in a more rural kind of America, before we got so fancy, here's what you would do. You're at point A, and you're going to take yourself to point B. And you would get there usually by walking from A to B. Or maybe it would be a buggy or a horse or something. Uh, But the movement from A, you got real busy at point A, and you have a task to perform at point B, but you didn't fill in the transition time with more activity. You just used this to go from A to B, and that gave your mind a break. But today we're filling in all this, let's call it mundane time. Here's where we're doing activity A, and we're on the way to activity B. Uh, But we're not using this transition time to rest. It's not mundane time anymore. Now we think we we have to make use of it all the time. We've got to make use of it all the time. I'll tell you what you're doing. You don't know you're doing it, but you're doing it. It gets to be nighttime, and you're physically exhausted. And you're essentially saying to your brain, okay, settle down now. It's time to go to bed. And your brain is saying, 
you punished me all day long. I shall punish you all night long. I'm telling you. You race around, you expose it to all kinds of stuff. You're multitasking. You got the phone in this ear. You got the fax machine. You're changing the channels. You're listening to sermons on the radio. I mean, you're doing all kinds. These are good things. Don't misunderstand. It's just too much, too much of it. And so your mind is functioning. It's racing, racing, racing. At the end of the day, you're merely physically tired, but your racing mind can't stop on a dime. It can't do that. Have you been a runner? You know how runners, sprinters, you're running a hundred yard, hundred meter dash. You take off, you're running at full speed. You don't stop when you, they keep, you keep, you slow it down. Long distance runners, you slow. So we're telling our mind, I am going to expose you to a sprint all day long. And at 1030 at night, because the rest of me is tired, I command you to stop. But your mind is saying, no, no, you don't know much, do you, is what your mind is saying. Your, your mind is saying, you know nothing about the mind-body connection. You, you don't see how they're, you, you don't see how they're, you don't understand how they're related. So that's why so many of us have racing thoughts, racing thoughts you can't control. It's just, it's just out of, it's out of control. I want to encourage you. Try not to do so much multitasking. I'll bet you'll, you're, you, you find you're more productive than you thought you would, could be, even though you're less, you're less active. Remember, don't be so proud and arrogant. God doesn't need you to get all this stuff done. <laughs> he needs you to, be, to pace yourself. Be a long-distance runner. I have fought the good fight. I've kept the faith. The faith. I, I've run the race with endurance. How do you run a sprint with endurance. Slow down. Can I tell you something? You're not so important. I, God is in control. Take it easy. I'm not talking about slothfulness or laziness. I'm talking about pacing in life so that you can live in accordance with the God-ordained duality of the natural day. Part of it is to be active. Part of it is to slow down and be less active. And I'm just saying cooperate with God's design in the rhythms of life. And don't think you could go crazy all day long and make fullest use of the night time, the sleep time. It just doesn't work that way. So here's the third. Uh, look, based on that one, the multitasking. I remember watching news when I was a kid. <laughs> there would be like one person giving you the news, Right. Now you've got the camera. It's going from this one to that one, you know. And they're all different shapes and sizes. You've got to have every variety of human being on the... It's got to be a male, and it's got to be this color, and it's got to be that sexual orientation. Why can't one person just tell me what's going on? So your head is spinning like crazy. And then on top of it, you've got this new thing called a crawler on the bottom. So while you're going from this one to that one... Uh, you, you got this crawler line, and then as it's getting ready to transition to the next whatever it is, you got something on the side. I, 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 I watch the news for three and a half minutes. I'm dead tired. I'm exhausted. What I do sometimes is I just listen to it, but I don't watch it. I mean, my eyes are going, it's crazy. This is unhealthy. 
this is uh, see the cumulative effect is a bunch of irritable people prone to uh, illnesses and all kinds of uh, stress-related problems because they can't uh, have restful sleep because their mind has been so overworked during the day. So here's suggestion number three. Begin preparing for the evening in the morning. Look, these are just things. I didn't read this in the book. I'm just a fellow pilgrim. These are just some things I'm finding work for me. And maybe they'll work for you. So I know in the nighttime, God ordained it. I'm supposed to start slowing down and get some sleep. So since I know that's a bit of a challenge, but since I know it's so beneficial, I start preparing for it. Uh, in the morning. So what I do is, I just don't rush through the day. Now, sometimes you have to rush. But my fellow Americans, we don't have to rush like we rush. I don't know how many times someone has flown past me in a car to get up to the stop sign. I get there. I use less gas. There's less stress. For me, not for him, because I look at him. You know, he just blew by me like I have no right to live. And there I am. I'm at, we're at the, here we are. We're both, where'd you get? What did you? So don't, you see that you, you hype up the system too much. So a good thing to do is try to have a slower pace through life. I know because of our inflated sense of importance, we like to rush around from place to place because it gives people the impression that we're really, really important. No, we're not. Come on. So I get to that place a minute and a half later. You know, a good thing to do if you have to be at a place at 9 o'clock is leave earlier so you don't have to fly into the deal. I think rushing around is just a cover for being a a poor time manager. So, so I start preparing for the night. I'm going to start slowing things down by, by living out the day in such fashion that I don't have to slow it down so radically. So try a slower, a slower pay. Let's not be ridiculous. Sometimes you have to go. You have to run. But most of the time, we're just trying to fit too much in. Do less. You know, you don't have to be doing, you got a nine o'clock meeting. You don't have to be doing emails till three minutes to nine and fly to the meeting and, oh my goodness, I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> oh, I gotta get some water. See, oh, I forgot my pen, I forgot my notebook. You're all flustered. Why don't you stop the emails like a quarter to nine? Then you got 15 minutes. You could get to the meeting, you could go to the bathroom. You know, you could get some water, you could walk into the meeting, you could sit down, take the seat you want, because no one's going to be there on time. You sit. (laughs) So begin preparing for the evening in the morning. How about this one? Uh, Talk to the Lord as your day unfolds. Talk to the Lord. You know, the Bible says pray without ceasing. Talk to the Lord. Um, do life together. As the events of the day unfold, uh, don't be solitary about it. Don't, don't do it alone. 
share with the Lord impressions, concerns, perceptions, needs, thanksgivings, whatever it is. I'll tell you why that's such a good thing. If you don't do that, then you will take the full repository of all the day's impressions with you to bed. And you will not be able to get to sleep because your mind is going to keep you up trying to work through it and sort it out and all that. You won't be able to get to sleep. You're, you're too conscious of the day. So, so, so a good thing to do is to process through the events of the day as they occur so that at the end of the day, you don't have this big reservoir of things you haven't thought about. You don't have to think through them anymore. Because you prayed and you, you had peace and you remember who's on the throne and you were reminded of how good God is. And Don't go through the day alone. Get it out before it builds up so much that at the end of the day, you have no choice but to try to deal with it when you ought to be sleeping. And then this one, avoid high nighttime stimulation. So reading is a good thing, but be careful what you're reading. I mean, if you're reading one of these really intense detective things and you just got to know whether the butler did it, but that's not till chapter 47, you're on chapter 2, I just wouldn't do that to myself. You know, I... Stimulating, stimulating television programs. Be very careful about that. Um, late night, before you go to bed, internet surfing. Ah, oh, man, not a good idea. You're just going to be stimulating your thinking too much about stuff at that time. Also, it's wise, it's just common sense, isn't it, to avoid stimulating foods or drinks. For instance, caffeine in coffee and tea and Ladies, sorry, they put that stuff in chocolate. Chocolate? Soft drinks? Oh, man. Um, you, you know, if you're into that stuff, then do it several hours before you go to bed. The um, high glucose stuff that give you a big rush, you ought to do that in the morning or the afternoon if you're going to do it at all uh, to give your system a chance to detoxify. Before you go to bed. You want to know what's crazy? Here's what we do. We're not sleeping good at night because we're working our minds to death and our minds are punishing for uh, this mistreatment. Our minds are punishing us at night. So during the next day, we're not awake. We're sleepy. We're drowsy. So we buy those high energy things. The kids use them a lot. They take these. Yeah, there you go. Thanks for the advertisement. They take these kinds of a thing. But, but then what happens is that stuff is so stimulating, you can't get to bed at night. So you got another bad night's sleep. So you got to repeat the... You know what? You're brutalizing your brains with that... Boom! Those quick fix things, you know? That kind of stuff. It's just not... So watch out for the stimulating kinds of things. Foods with high concentration of sugar. You know, it gives you a big rise, um, uh, but it has really bad effects there, thereafter. How about this? This will be a good one. This will get your attention. How about a glass of wine? I can feel the silence. <laughs> How about a glass of wine to relax? How about a nightcap? 
No. And there's a ton of reasons. And uh, I'll only deal with the reasons that are physiological, but I can give you a ton of biblical reasons as well. So no permission from, from here for that stuff. I, I can't do that. I just want to back up what God has said. If God prohibits something, the scientists are just catching up with it when they verify it through science. So if God has a point of view on alcohol, the scientists just maybe realize it later. I'm not waiting for scientists. Why don't you just do what God says? But anyway, here's a little bit of science. Uh, you know, people say, you know, if I have a little glass of wine before I go to bed, it relaxes me. So it seems like a good idea, but actually it's not. See, because though it may help you initially in the first phase of the sleep cycle to go to sleep, it keeps you wide awake during the subsequent phases. And the studies indicate even when it gets you to sleep, it's robbing you of a kind of quality of sleep which you need. So you think it's working, but it actually is working against extended good quality sleep. Even the non-Christian sleep study experts are increasingly uh, uh, warning people against these nightcaps and this glass of wine stuff to help you go to sleep at night. It just doesn't, it just doesn't work at all. And, and also, if I could say this, you know, the reason why you can't sleep, think about this, is not that, is not that you're, <laughs> you're not getting enough alcohol. <laughs> the reason you can't sleep is that you're not getting enough rest. Am I missing the point here? The reason you can't sleep is that is not that you need alcohol. The reason you can't sleep is that you need to more discipline resting your mind. So the alcohol just deals with the symptom. It doesn't deal with the underlying problem. But now you've got a new problem. Now you're hooked on alcohol. Am I missing? <laughs> so I just don't think that's a good idea. Now this one. Oh, you'll hate this one. Exercise. Look, I'm sorry, I don't like it either, but I'm telling you, it seems to work. Moderate exercise. You don't have to try out for the Olympics or, uh, you know, a marathon. Moderate exercise, all the studies are indicating, is one of the finest stress relievers available to us. It's been shown to improve uh, sleeping and to reduce just about every cause of insomnia. So I just encourage some exercise regularly, not right before bed, uh, but at some time during, during the day, walking is a good thing to do, something like that. You know, the studies are indicating that those who engage in regularly moderate exercise, who struggle with depression, oftentimes uh, uh, realize the same benefit from it as they might on an antidepressant medication. You know that? That's kind of a good deal. Exercise, exercise, kind of important. And then this one, we're coming down the home stretch. Uh, have a, in the evening a quiet time of praise and thanksgiving with the Lord. Now, quiet, what does that mean? It means you and he alone. No TV on. See, this is the multitasking. Can I tell you something? Why are we so terrified of silence? Why do we have to fill every waking hour with something in addition to what we're doing? I, don't, I just don't. What are you afraid of? Don't be afraid. Get used to it. Um, see if you can develop the discipline of silence. 
with the Lord so you could hear him speak to your heart so you could sense his presence. It's just you in a room alone with him. And when you do this at the end of the day, don't recount the day to the Lord. See, you've done that all along. Don't save it up and go through the day because if you go through the day again, you won't be able to get to sleep. It's too stimulating. So you unload all that stuff progressively during the day. And at night, what do you want to do? You want to let God enjoy you. He misses his time with you in your busy day. You want to enjoy your time with him. So you want to praise him. What does that mean? That just means think about how great he is. Sometimes I take a little word. Let's take the word sleep. Sometimes I don't know. Oh, God, I, I need something to help me direct my thoughts to you. I take a word, sleep, S. Yes, let's say that. Let's make that stand for Savior. Oh, God, I praise you. You saved me from the penalty of my sin. It doesn't have power over me like it used to. And I cannot wait until you remove the very presence of sin. There's none better. You're the perfect Savior. There can be none other than you because you're the perfect God and man. Save L. Oh, God, you are loving. You call me your beloved. I, I, I just, that is just wonderful. Thank you for loving me. E, you are excellent. Nobody is excellent in all of his excellencies the way you are excellent. In other words, you're perfect. Perfect. And I know you. You're my dad. E, another E. You're elevated. You're the most high God. Oh, God, I'm not going to give too much credence to worldly leaders and all the rest. I pay attention. I want to show respect. You know, we're Christians. We submit to authority. But, oh, God, you're the most elevated authority. You're the highest authority. Then then the P. What a provider you are. Oh, God, here I am at this point in my life. And, and, and as I look back, you have never let me down. You've never disappointed me. You have never let, left me unsupplied for all uh, that you want me to do and all that I need. Thank you. What a great provider you are. I'm just doing this. I'm praising God. I'm thanking him. Sometimes I say, oh, God, thank you for this room, for this chair. Thank you for the warmth. Thank you for a home. I'm not a homeless person. So many are. Thank you for healthfulness. Thank you so that I could express myself. Thank you. Thank you. You do that. Don't rehearse the day. You do that during the day with God. And at the end, you go, wow. There was some bumps in the road today, God. But I'm so glad I could get over them hand in hand with you. And right now, I just want to praise you. And th- This is very important to do at the end of the day. You clear your mind of all the, all the stuff. You figuratively speaking, you take a couple deep breaths. You do not go into your quiet place with the Lord with your cell phone on. Look, the person who says to you, call me anytime. Is that person omnipresent? I'm always here for you. No, you're not. Why do you say you are? You're not God. You're just a human. 
Sometimes you're eating, sometimes you're sleeping, sometimes you're in such a bad mood, you're not fit to talk to anyone on the phone. Look, forgive me. I got a wonderful cell phone, it's a great deal, and I know how to turn it off. And there are certain times I turn, what if there's an emergency? I'm not an emergency room physician. Go to the hospital. Don't have such an elevated sense of importance. What did we used to do when someone who had no patience and an immediate need for gratification had to wait more than 15 seconds to get in touch with you? I'll tell you what we did. They'd they'd bother somebody else. You're not so important. Turn off the, especially at night when you're alone with God. I'm not going to bring a cell phone into the holy place. (sighs) Personal relationship. Jesus called me to himself, not with all these electronic leashes. Excuse me, Lord, I got to take this call. Excuse me, I'll be right with you. Hold that thought, I got... Come on. If God is going to give me his time, undivided attention... I shouldn't give him mine. It's a way of setting your mind on things above before you go to bed so you can get to bed. And then this final deal, meditate on scripture that you've memorized. You put your head on the pillow and you slowly reflect on a verse you have memorized. And it is so beautiful not to be able to finish the verse. (laughs) You wake up the next morning and you got three words done. Great, great, great. You want to count sheep? Go ahead. I would rather meditate on scripture. And so we ought to do that now as we draw to a close. I would like for us to memorize a verse of scripture. It's Psalm 3, verse 5. You don't need to look it up because I'm going to give it to you and we're going to memorize it. Psalm 3, verse 5. David wrote it. I lay down. Say that with me. I lay down. So, so it's Psalm 3, verse 5. I lay down and slept. Let's say it together. Psalm 3, verse 5. I lay down and slept. So far, so good. And I awoke. And I say, and I awoke. Let's say the same, the whole thing. Psalm 3, verse 5. I lay down and slept. And I awoke. For the Lord sustains me. Say it with me. For the Lord sustains. Let's put it all together. Psalm 3, verse 5. I lay down and slept. I awoke. For the Lord sustains me. Context, context. We can't just take a verse. Boom. I studied the context. David wrote it. The night before he said this, he cried out to God. You can read it. You can read Psalm 3. Just a few verses. He cried out to God. Why? His son is out to get him. Absalom, his son, wants to kill him. You think you've got problems. Now, David contributed to a lot of his. 
and others were heaped upon, but he had all kinds of domestic upheaval. Perhaps you do as well. I just want to tell you the characters of the Bible are, are just you. They're just humans. You see, they're just humans. So he cried out to God. And after he cried out to God about all of this, then he said, I lay down and slept. And I awoke, for the Lord sustains me. It's as if he said, oh God, I've done everything I could now to transfer the burden of all this, which I cannot fix, onto you. And now I'm going to sleep. In that case, you know what sleeping was? A sacrifice of trust in the sustaining power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you see why I'm saying this is a sacred thing? He said, I can't change Absalom. There are people who hate me. I can't affect all of that. I can cry out to you about it. I believe you've heard. I believe you're good. I don't think you brought me this far to abandon me in the desert. You own me. You redeemed me. You have an interest in my life. You're big. You can take care of everything. Now I go to sleep. For the Lord sustains me. I don't have to sustain myself. I don't have to work out my problems at night. I don't have to have a solution for that which cannot be solved. I don't have to be guarded. Have you heard the word ruminating, rumination, ruminating thoughts? Psychologists sometimes diagnose certain people um, as being, uh, as, as having too many rumination, ruminating thoughts. They think too much. That's what's going on. It's kind of like, it's kind of like I can't relax, I can't relax because I gotta protect, I gotta guard, I gotta... You maybe did when you were a young child. You maybe grew up in an unsettled, unsafe environment. Please, I'm not trying to minimize your pain. I'm just saying that's over if you're a Christian. You've got an Abba Father now. He'll never abuse you, never exploit you, never neglect you, never abandon you. That's why you could cry out to him and say, that's it, Dad. I'm going to sleep because you're going to take care of business. You see it? One more time. Then our pastor comes. Psalm 3, verse 5. I lay down and slept. I awoke, for the Lord sustains me. Our Lord Jesus, thank you for entrusting to us this precious commodity, this wonderful brain to be used for your glory. Oh, God, we would be remiss if we didn't do everything we could to take good care of it including giving it rest. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for permitting it, inviting it, and enabling it. Make us to be like David, oh God, sleeping as a sacrificial sign of trust and rest and confidence in you. It doesn't come easy. It's something we have to work on. Okay, so we work on it till we get better at it. May we be Christians at rest. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.